0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend John Opaluski, and, once again, our guest. John, why don't you greet everybody and uh, introduce our guest. Uh,
1: it's good to be with you today, Jim, and to have our good friend Josh Spurlock back with us. Josh was with us last week and uh, we've just been talking about um, what's going on in the, in the lives of leaders across the country and Josh has a wonderful ministry that he's going to share a little bit about uh, to leaders. Uh, and I, am not sure that it's confined just to leaders, but there's a real emphasis on leaders in ministry, uh, called my counselor, Josh, give me the name of it again. I, it's yeah, my to-
2: counselor online. online.
1: That's right. My counselor online. And so, uh, Josh, uh, we were so, um, excited about what you shared in the previous part. Yeah. so good. And, uh, what, Could you just recap a few minutes of that for us? Uh, You know, what we have kind of talked about up to this point, and we're going to jump right back on to where we left off.
2: Absolutely. I was just so much fun. You know, I get so energized kind of talking about these things is there's such a need within the body, right? And there's such a, you know, every leader's got a big bullseye on their back where the enemy is out looking to uh, stumble and undermine and steal the joy and effectiveness. So when we can, you know, I can be a part of things like what you're doing here with this podcast that really support and empower folks in the work that they're doing. It just is a real joy for me to be a part of. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And the, uh, I think as we were talking, we were talking about the the building blocks of self-care. Yeah. Yeah, That's where we left off. yeah for leaders and pastors around you know what are the basics of that and we started out talking about the the body basics right just the reality of acknowledging accepting living within the restraints that God designed when he created us an embodied soul that we have a physical body that has physical requirements by God's design we can not like it. We can wish it were different. We can take up our beef with him face to face someday <laughs> and say, why did you give us a body? You know, and, but the reality is that God gave us a body. We have to accept that, which means recognizing that our body needs, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep a night in order to function. Well, by design, we can't break that without breaking ourselves. We Our body needs certain nutrition, needs exercise. And we also need, Ah, community—that the um, ventral vagal system within our brain, the right brain to right brain connection that we experience with other human beings—we could really deep dive into the neuroscience of it if you wanted. But yeah. the neuroscientists confirm what the scriptures say: that we're designed to bear one another's burdens, mm-hmm. and we're designed to rejoice with those who are rejoicing, and that it's not good for man to be alone. And that we need that community and that engagement in our life in order to be healthy. And we need it in a context that we can really be vulnerable, where we can connect with folks and share the good, bad, and ugly, and feel a safety in the relationship to be able to do so. And we use the phrase of you know having people in your life that you're neither accountable for nor accountable to you know, neither responsible for or responsible to, but that you can just be yourself and your weaknesses and your struggles and your vulnerabilities and be loved, be accepted and be held in that space. And that, that is um, you know, really the a starting place for how it is that we maintain health
0: in a sustainable way. So so body, community, friendships, accountable, not accountable Anything anything else? I mean, we talk a lot about rhythms, patterns, habits, those. Anything else that comes to mind where you say, you know, this is how you can make yourself as bulletproof as a man can make himself, a woman can make herself. Yeah. You know, the the, the bad stuff, you know? I love it, Jim. You mentioned
2: in the last episode that, uh, you know, pain is our friend. And we don't often think of it like that, right? Nobody's like, can I have some more pain, please? But the reality of pain is in a not a sign of the fall, but an intentional design in our nervous system that God's given us. And it's an alert system that alerts us to an area that needs attention and needs concern. And if you're gonna bulletproof yourself as a leader, you have to pay attention to pain that we have. One of the schemes of the enemy that I see be so effective in undermining folks' joy and effectiveness in ministry is this idea that if we're really spiritual, if we really love Jesus, if we're really strong, then we just push through and ignore all kind of pain. You know, that we just uh, ignore the signs that our body's telling us that we're fatigued. And neglecting Sabbath. We can kind of push through and ignore the signs with our kids or with our spouse. They're saying there's neglect in the relationship and things that need attention. We ignore the signs of pain that we're experiencing in close relationships around us that are problematic. And we kind of just try to block it all out, yeah. put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, we're just going to keep going for Jesus. And that strategy. Doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it ignores the systems that God has wired in to alert us that there are problems. And the brave thing, the courageous thing, the strong thing, the wise thing is to get curious about those things. Yeah. To so have like, what's this? What's this telling me? This friction I'm having with my spouse. What's this telling me? What's that pain alerting me to? Yeah.
1: That's, you know, it it almost sounds to me like that part of prevention is that, right? Is is knowing what's actually that there's something going on with me that isn't well or isn't whole or isn't healthy, and 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 being in touch with that sounds to me like it's preventive. I don't know if I'm hitting the button yes. there, but yes. And I think as I get older. I hope I I should ask my wife if this is true. Um, I think I get more sensitive to that as I'm getting older. I I know myself better, I think. And I know when a button has been pushed and and specifically most of the time, what button has been pushed now Mm -hmm. where 15, 20 years ago, Josh, I didn't understand that.
2: Yeah. 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 And it, and it undermines your, joy and your effectiveness in the work that you're doing. You know, I love that you kind of mentioned, and so maybe I should ask my wife for that. And the truth is, there's great wisdom in that. Every one of us has blind spots. Yeah. and we don't know what we don't know. And blind spots, by definition, are those aspects that we can't see. And yet are realities in our life. And when we're not slowing down and in being intentional, about inviting that feedback from the community, the people, the safe people. You know, we mentioned earlier that we need in our life, we need to be intentional cultivating those relationships. We're not regularly slowing down and inviting the feedback that they share, then we can't be alerted to those things. And we, we trip over things and we don't know what we're tripping over. It's like the lights are out. We're stumbling around, stubbing our toe, banging our head on things, and we don't know what it is that's getting in our way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, I, you know, if anybody that's a mechanic that's listening knows that before something breaks, there's a weird sound, there's a squeak, there's a vibration, there's, you know, I, everything mechanical has symptoms. Be- before, before the engine dies, it makes noises. You know, or, or, you know, and I, I think that's the, what we're talking about now is, you know, taking a, a moment in your day to say, how am I doing? How am I really doing? Not just, how am I doing? How am I really doing? How am I, how is my marriage? How is my heart with God? How, how are my friendships? How's my rest and exercise? And you know, maybe that to incorporate that in our daily prayer, kind of that habit stacking idea, like as I'm praying, as I'm going through, you know, the things that I do on a regular basis, taking that extra few minutes to, to do an assessment on, on my own vehicle, if you will. Yeah. Check the pressure and the tires. Check the oil. Yes. And having,
2: having having the humility and the courage to look in the, the mirror and to hold and ask those honest questions and understanding that it's okay to not be okay.
0: Right. Right.
2: Right. Because we get in this place again, schemes of the enemy where if I'm not okay, it's the leader. Then, I'm, you know, a failure as a as a leader. Yeah. A failure as a Christian. God's disappointed with me if I'm not okay because I should be full of joy and okay all the time because I have Jesus in my life. And so anything less than stellar is a failure on my part.
0: Yeah. Got to you know. to deal with that. You we, we've talked a lot the last episode, this episode about. The, the leader being transparent enough to give permission to the room to, to have issues as well. And I, I, it kind of brings a question. You talked about courage and humility. And I, I, almost as a synonym to this, that without courage, without humility. But as, as a leader, obviously we don't want to talk about everything and we don't want to use this as a manipulative tool to get everybody to open up. But we know if we've all been in the, in the small group where one guy finally goes, Well, this is what's really going on in my life. And the next 10 minutes, every guy's opened up about the same issues or issues like it, right? How, how does a leader create permission without, without feeling like every time I, I talk, I sound like a letter to Dear Abby? You know what, you know what I mean? Like I, I should have some answers, not just questions. Sure. But uh, how, what's, what's the balance? So, I would, you got any thoughts for, for leaders that are listening right now about that?
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. And I love, I love two things that you identified there. Uh, one kind of the Dear Abbey piece, right? There's a reason yeah. why those columns, you know, were wildly successful and ran forever and, and engaged yeah. so many different folks because of how it gave permission that others face and have the same questions and struggles yeah. that I do. And so there's there's something powerful within that. Everybody under
0: 30 is googling Dear Abbey right now, just so you know. <laughs> That's but right. It's, it's That's worth a right. Google. Just search it. Just search it. Yeah,
2: in in the the kind of myth that's there that, uh, you know, I'm supposed to have all the answers. I'm not allowed to have questions. I'm not allowed to raise questions that I don't know the answer to that, but instead of being able to have space and to be able to, you know, be okay with unanswered questions, mm-hmm. being okay to be with the struggle and tension. Now, I think increasingly in our day and age and in the, millennial generation and Gen Z's that are coming up, there's a real skepticism around people who have all the answers. Then yeah. there's a real uh, kind of, I don't trust you if you're going to try to sell me the line that you've got all the answers because I know better than that. Yeah. Really. And I don't believe that piece. And so part of being trustable and trustworthiness is being real about the, our, holes in our shortcomings and the things that we don't know and the questions that we have. And and so being able to, to be in that space and, uh, a lot of it in terms of guardrails around that piece, because I think that was inherent in your question a little bit, Jim, if I heard you right, you know, it's like, how do we, how do we practice that? How do we navigate that in a, in a healthy and safe way is Mm -hmm. to think about, you know, uh, Self-disclosure is kind of the technical language that we use around that from um, from a counselor standpoint we're training folks about the healthy and helpful use of self-disclosure. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're considering is our audience, you know, and the benefit of, you know, in sharing this piece of information, in sharing this, how will it benefit the person I'm saying with? How do I do so in service of those that are there? And recognizing that it doesn't... it you don't have to have a lot of words in order to be vulnerable and go deep. Right. You can share in a sentence or two in a, a yeah. part of your struggle that's relevant to and in service of your audience. And then have silence, have space, allow that to open up and invite others to engage. So those are a couple right. of kind of thoughts in terms of practically how do you engage that?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's
1: really good. You know, I think, I think that it is uh, where I see kind of a danger line there, Josh, is when it is you're seeing that as a leader as a cathartic experience for you in a sense, like, you know, where I'm just, I'm just, I am just unloading it all, and and it's not. I don't necessarily have the best interest of my hearers in mind there. Yeah. I'm frustrated, or I'm hurting, and I'm I'm venting, and I'm I'm venting. Right, it's not in
2: service of them; it's in service of me. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm getting it off my chest, or I'm kind of putting it out there. It's in service of me, as opposed to in service of them. And another important safeguard around that, or a very helpful safeguard, is you know to share pieces that you've done your own work around. And hmm. When I'm sharing kind of vulnerabilities and pieces, whether it's in session or I'm speaking or, or here with you guys, you know, I have the people in my life that I'm talking about that with first. You know, I've got a therapist I process stuff with. I've got people who are close to me that I'm vulnerable and I'm sharing, process these things. And so when I share it with you, it's not the first time that I'm ever processing it here in a public setting. You know, right. for
0: all the world <laughs> to kind of,
1: really
2: hmm yeah that
1: that that is uh, because I've been on the um you know I, I you know my story Josh I went through severe depression suicidal depression as a 34 year old and um there were years of working my way through that before I ever talked in a public setting mm-hmm. about it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so I I want to just affirm what you just said is that that was important for me, right? To, to yes. work my way through a lot of uh, some of this. And, 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 and I think maybe even get healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I don't know if we're ever gonna be, I know I, I do know, we're never gonna be totally healthy, right? right? But I had to make some progress, I think, before I could open up in a way that would
2: be useful to <laughs> the individual. Not inviting them into your confusion. Right. That's
0: That's right. That, or your anger. That's not, you know, the, yeah. the, the pastor that gets up on Sunday and talks about some people that blah, 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 blah. Well, he's yeah. talking to the yeah. guys Or kind of the brings row. their fight with their spouse into the pulpit,
2: you yes. know, for that. Yes. Some women
0: always, that never. never happens, right. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so Josh, uh, it, it never happens twice when it comes to marriage. Yes. <laughs> it happened once. It never happens
1: twice. <laughs> that is very true. Um, Josh, when you were with us about a year ago, you made a statement. That Jim and I have never forgotten, and we were running out of time. I need to
2: apologize, I'm not sure. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. <clears throat> <laughs> we weren't. No, it was one of those that we've come back to over and over again. We've mentioned it on other podcasts. Uh, and it, you said, Jim asked you a question about, well, what about you know, we don't want to disappoint people, how do we, you know, talking about a pastor's humanity and and you said, well, yeah, Jesus never did that, did he? And it was sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was amazing. <laughs> and and, we, and we, we ran out of time talking about this whole idea of, of getting more comfortable with n- disappointing people's expectations of us.
2: Can, yes. you, can
1: you unpack that more with us? Because I felt really. like that was one of the most important things I think I've ever heard on one of our pods.
2: Yes, so that,
1: and I, and we didn't have enough time to really unpack it. Could you unpack that a little bit more f- for us today? How Absolutely. do how we get more comfortable with that?
2: Absolutely. You know, I think. Uh, Jesus was a great example to follow one, because he disappointed lots of people all the time, people that were closest to him, his family, his mother, his brothers, his siblings, you know, his disciples, the society at large. I mean, he was, you know, possibly the biggest disappointment of his age, you know, masses of people coming and laying down palm brushes, waiting for the army to show up and Rome to be thrown off their shoulders. And they're like, what the heck? He's dead now dying on a cross and there's no revolution. You know, Jesus yeah. could be the biggest disappointer of his generation. And yet he's, you know, obviously savior of the world and transformative. Yeah. And so, you know, as we kind of look at it and go, okay, if we're going to engage meaningful ministry, being a disappointment to uh, many is going to be a part of it. Some people that don't get it are part of it. So the question is, now, how do we get more comfortable with that? How do we as right. leaders kind of come to terms with that? Because it's one thing to say, ah, disappointment's part of being in ministry. You know, be like Jesus, deal with disappointment. But that doesn't take the sting away from them. Right. right. You yes. Take the, the knot in your gut kind of right. around it or the
0: tension in your chest. Right. It's like saying kidney stones are part of that in kidneys. That's, <laughs>
2: right. that's, that's not helpful. And yeah. <laughs> it's not helpful. This You're not it's helping me here. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But I think there's some things that we can take from Jesus's example also and bring it into you know our lives and context. is as, as much as it was um, you know uh, fell on deaf ears or was difficult, you see Jesus modeling and you know, of leaning into a community with a tight-knit group of people, right? That he tried to share the the struggles, the hardness, He tried to share the ways that he was going to disappoint them and that they're going to let down. You know, it wasn't for lack of effort on his part of putting out there the realities of what he had to offer and what he didn't have to offer them. And, uh, you know, again, those closest to him at times couldn't hear it or wouldn't hear it or that was part of the grief and the pain and the anguish of being alone with those things that Jesus felt. And for us, we, we have of the same thing to be able to process with those that are close to us and those that we have safety with the, um, the truths of our authentic self and the truths of the things that the Lord is leading us in and how we engage that we know we're going to generate disappointment with the people in our life that we, the, the starting places to stop pretending like that doesn't bother us. That's good. To stop pretending like that just rolls off our back and we're not impacted by that. Mm-hmm. Jesus was impacted by it in really this role physical way, we're impacted by it. Us owning it, and naming it, and saying, This is really hard. I know that this is what I need to do or where we need to go or what needs to happen. But I also know that there's gonna be a lot that are upset about that. And yeah. and that really bothers me. Really you I'm sad care. about that. I need to grieve yeah. that or I need to. Understand what earlier wound in my life that touches in that's kind of causing that to feel the intensity, not only of the present day, here and now, event, but tapping into the wounding that it brings forward and supercharges it in the present. You know, Josh, I, I,
1: I think what you just said is so profound because here's what we're not trying to get leaders comfortable with we're not trying to get them to not care right like i don't care what anybody
2: thinks i don't yeah. care i'm made of stone right. Yeah, you know? It's not going to bother me all and i need is jesus it didn't matter if anybody else right and, <laughs> and so we're not
1: pitching that idea at all here right we are we're mm-hmm. i think what you're saying is 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 getting in tune with wow that disappointing, that hurts. disappointing people hurts
2: and it's scary. Yeah, yeah. it's really affecting me. And to get curious and compassionate about that. Yeah, what's that about? What does that pain yeah. tell me about my story? Mm-hmm. What does that pain invite me to give care and attention to?
0: Yeah. Right. And what right. Does Why it is? Why does it hurt so bad? Maybe, maybe my motives going into this weren't weren't the best.
2: And I'm only yeah. discovering
0: what? my own motives by not getting the applause I thought I would get But the rejection yeah. of the crowd. I yeah. Uh, yeah, right. so you many think, different possibilities I, and things, right? I, I think if anybody had a reason to be nuts in the Bible, it's probably King David. And I, 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 watched, I watched the Psalms where he's like, this is bad, and my enemies are prospering, and God, you're a million miles from me. But the, it always, that Psalm always seems to end with, but I've made a decision to trust you. I, mm-hmm. I, so it isn't like there is no pain, and I'm bulletproof. I'm a, he's a, the man's got so much blood on his hands, God won't let him build this temple. So he's a warrior. He knows blood and guts and pain. He's a man's man. Mm-hmm. He kills giants for fun, and bears, and lions, and things of that nature. So we know that he's a man's man. But I, I love where he just says, "I'm really hurting. I this really is awful. I don't feel what I want to feel. God, you're a million yeah. dollars for me." But I've made and it. And he's so angry, hard. right? I love that you mentioned the anger piece, right? Because we struggle yeah. with
2: that so much. Here's a man after yeah. God's own heart, and he's like, "Dash their children against the rocks. <laughs> well, <when> the dogs <laughs> lick their blood up out of the streets." I'm like, uh, <laughs>
0: wow good nice. oh
2: so glad you got my
0: father-in-law at that point yeah 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 I'm and god chose to that.
2: preserve that in the scriptures
0: yeah right?
2: yes right just yeah. the reality of our struggle and the hardness yeah. and the pain and all of the messiness that being human yeah. and being with broken world generates
0: right well i, I got nice. i got one last question for you uh with two last questions uh, the the first one is uh, things are starting to open up and things are starting to be restored and momentum's starting to build and we've used the analogy uh, of uh, a wave and a surfer that uh, you know if you catch the right thing right now you can get on top of something as long as you stay balanced and the wave will do most of the work that that gets you you moving so people are starting to dream again but but we all know the pendulum swings right I, there was there was nothing everything was closed and now everything's open and I'm overwhelmed that I. Talk, talk a little bit about the emotional health side of leaders now that are starting to plan calendars that they actually think might happen. They're not just, you know, maybe once COVID is over with, but they, this might actually, we might actually have an Easter service this year and Woo! vacation Bible school. And, you know, people that have been doing that much but watching Netflix for two years are being asked to serve. So talk, talk to the leaders about how to, how to find the right swings so that pendulum doesn't go out of balance. But But we are, we're back to, building the kingdom again.
2: Yes. Yeah. So you, you hit uh, on something that's super important here. And as um, you know, I'd say easy, it's simple to do Uh, not necessarily easy to do, but, you know, we're in that space of planning out the calendar and planning out the events and all the things we need a calendar for our self-care and Sabbath also. We need to be as intentional mm, about right. how we're going to cultivate and care for the realities of our family needs and self-care needs yeah. as we are in planning out the uh, ministries schedule. There, we need to determine, yeah. you know, how many how many days a year are we going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Which maybe sounds crazy. You know, but, you know, you get 365 days in a year. If you take, yeah. you know, two days off from the office a day, that's 104 days that you're deciding that I'm not going to engage work. And do I have some accountability around that in the same way I have accountability for my uh, ministry outcomes, right? You know, is there a group of people in my life holding me accountable to caring for my family and caring for myself? based on some parameters that I've defined in advance and said, here's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to do in order to maintain health within this body. God has entrusted to me, this family God has entrusted to me and uh, who are the people that are going to come alongside and say, Hey, okay. So things shifted and you're working this day instead of being off. So where are you going to make that up? Because your family's important and your health's important. Like you have got to build that same sort of structure and accountability into those things as you do into the ministry objectives. And do, the one's do, support to the other. Do
0: you want to hear something crazy?
2: Yes. I, I've,
0: been, I've been in full-time <laughs> ministry for 35 years. No one has ever challenged me to having I mean, to take a day off, to take a Sabbath, totally. But no one has ever said, as you plan your year, which 104 days will you be taking off? it's always an afterthought of trying to cram in that vacation or that, that I'm willing to make as the number one priority, you know, 50, 52 Sabbaths. Mm-hmm. And then some other days, cause I got to do yard work and, you know, mow the dog and wash the car and you know, all that kind of stuff, you know? But I, I, yeah, when you said that, I just kind of went, I started laughing. Like I've never, I have, it's never occurred to me to block out 104 days and then plan the birthday and yeah, and yeah, that's to say, you know, going to do
2: 104 uh, days as a baseline, and then we're going to do yeah. as a family some trips. We're going to take you know another 14 to 28, you know, that we're going to go and do you know things where we actually get away and unplug yeah. for a few days in place. Like if you do that, you're looking at you know 48 it's 100 and you know 52 or so days out of your 365 days and be intentional yeah. about blocking them out and consider them sacred. Plan around it. Wow. That into your planning schedule.
1: Josh, I've just heard uh, I've heard jaws drop all over the country.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: with this. I, I mean, yeah. you know, I I harp on this so much uh, with my team one of our core values is healthy work rest rhythm. And I, I, we can call each other out with that. And and we're really good about doing that with each other. There's accountability there. Um, But I, I, I wonder at times, have we, have we not thought about rest deeply enough?
0: Yeah. Yes. You
1: know, that's what I'm hearing is you're sharing this. I'm challenged. This is, this is like a hobby horse for me, but I'm, I feel challenged by that. And, and I, I wonder, why do we have this so mixed up? And I don't think we have enough time to unpack all of that. Uh, yeah, because we're up against time. But it, man, that just really, that like really grabbed me. And I thought, I'm with Jim. I've never thought about it. At that level, uh, before, I mean, what what would you say to somebody who is? I mean, we t- we work with pastors at some pastors, most of our pastors, that you know they're getting better at at yeah. stopping at the right time or a good time during the day and taking a, a yeah. Sabbath, you know, because we we really
0: um, because of pain, yeah, because of I, pain, really
1: push on that, yeah. But let's say there's somebody listening who says, "Hunt, are you kidding me, Josh?" How, that seems so impossible. Right? <laughs> what where could they start? Can you give them like maybe a couple of next steps and and maybe they can't start with 104 would it be okay if they started with a smaller number and worked their way toward that or
2: uh, I'm, I'm asking, for <laughs> asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Absolutely. The the point is to be intentional Yeah. To be and to bring the same kind of intentionality that we bring to our uh, planning and ministry and Mm. the work that we do and we've called to to this aspect of life as well, because it's very important. And the consequences of neglect undermine the whole of our family and our ministry if we don't give it the attention that it needs and Mm -hmm. deserves. And so to to bring an intentionality and to bring accountability. And to this domain of life,
0: yeah. Wow. Ah, back to the uh, drawing board. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not discouraged at all by what you said. I'm I'm challenged by it, um, and it's, it, it's going to have me, Josh. This is going to have me thinking for quite a while. Um, Jim, yeah. do you do you want to, uh, Josh? Let me just say this before Jim wraps this up. I, I want to just thank you again for being on our podcast and what God has deposited in you and and letting that come out, not just to Jim and I, but to all of the folks who listen and watch. Um, I I just feel that this is so rich. It is so helpful. It is so profound. And um, we're grateful uh, that you carve out space for us a couple times a year to Mm -hmm. Just help us think better about health and 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 longevity and and actually fruitfulness that comes from uh, what you're you're encouraging us to do and think about. So thank you. I just wanted to say thanks. That's a long thank you, but I
2: really appreciate you, brother. I really appreciate that. It warms my heart, and truly, it's an it's an honor. I, I love you know, I can't see the faces of the folks who are listening. Um, but I hold them in my heart and I kind of know that they're out there and I uh, have the opportunity to speak a word of encouragement and challenge and um, participate with you as a co laborer in the ministry that our kings called you to. It uh, feels like a real honor to me. So thank you so much for having me. Right on.
0: Right on. Hey, Jess, I, I know one of the questions that I, I wanted to ask before we were done here how do we get a hold of you? And then maybe if you can talk a little bit about the the money, um, the the cost to be engaged with somebody in the organization? And uh, just just share on that for a minute or so, would you? Yeah, that's a great question. So
2: uh, folks can connect with me and then connect with our team at mycounselor.online. So that's the name as well as the web address. So you can plug it mm-hmm. into your web browser. It's mycounselor.online. That will get you out to us. And in terms of the costs, budget wise, we've got packages that start at 220 a month that will allow for a person to kind of work into their household budget. Or if you've got continuing education budget uh, yeah. or just or a flux account where you set money aside where you can budget in 220 a month and meet regularly with a counselor that yeah. can be there in crises, but also in a preventative way and being able to help you, you know, figure out where to start with some of these changes that maybe you're feeling challenged in. Right,
0: one of the pushbacks I get when I send somebody to a counselor is I say, yeah, the the expense element, and then I I encourage them to look at the cost of a divorce lawyer or um, a psychiatric, long-term psychiatric care medication. And really when it comes to preventative, this is an inexpensive insurance policy for fruitfulness, right, this is something. And I, I, we really, John and I, I, know, converge, all the whole team, we strongly encourage you to to take really, really good care of yourselves. And sometimes yeah. that means bringing in people that can see your blind spots, that can be honest with you. Someone you can be honest with, it, knowing that they don't know anybody you know. They're not going to run into somebody at the grocery store and talk about what you talked about. It's It's out of town. It's someone you'll never probably meet in person. And there's a safety to it. And uh, it's, it's good. So thank you, both of you gentlemen, for sharing your hearts, sharing your lives. ConvergeCoach.com, MyCounselor.Online, and uh, get some help and, and move forward and be helped. That's, that's what this season is about. So God bless you. Our dear listeners, live long and prosper. And uh, we will see you again as you continue to lead from the line.